Dear friends, have you heard the accusation against Christianity that we are weak? Have you heard the accusation against Christianity that our religion is a religion of fairy tales and wishful thinking? Have you heard this accusation? Christianity believes in happy endings. And to some of our critics and to some of our friends, this sounds like wishful thinking. The world says to us that might makes right. Whoever has the biggest gun is right. Whoever has the most bandwidth is right. Whoever is the loudest and the most obnoxious is right. Whoever raises the most money is right. Whoever has the power, whoever has the might, is right, according to the world. The first evangelist, Matthew, whose gospel, whose biography of Jesus is situated by the church as the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, for good reason, hates the idea that might makes right. Now, Jesus and all of the New Testament writers condemn the idea that might makes right, but Matthew has a particular way of expressing himself. Matthew has way too much fun telling us the story of the Magi at Christmas, at Epiphany, the wise men, we three kings of Orient are. They weren't three, they weren't kings, and they weren't Orientals, but other than that, we three kings of Orient are is a great hymn. Matthew alone tells us this story. He opens his gospel with it. It's his way of celebrating Christmas, the birth of Christ, the beginning of the story. The foreigners come and pay homage to baby Jesus. They bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's the wise men. But mighty King Herod, mighty King Herod tries to kill baby Jesus. King Herod dies. Score, wise men won, mighty King Herod, zero. That's just page one of Matthew's gospel, and he's got lots more pages to go. Because for Matthew, might does not make right. Matthew tells us that Jesus came with a different message, the true message of the law and of the prophets. Might does not make right. Instead, Jesus taught, consistent with the law and the prophets, right creates might. And where Matthew brings us this morning is to the sober realization that hope is not a delusion. Hope is not wishful thinking. Christian hope is moral responsibility. Hope is not for the weak. Hope is for heroes. And, mostly by chance, Paul speaks of hope 
in our second reading this morning, our second lesson, Paul compares hope to labor pains, to giving birth, or the condition right before you give birth. I spent a few minutes this week researching labor pains and where they fall on the pain index. Um, Some of you on your birthday get cake and presents and balloons. Lucky you. On my birthday, I usually get a a phone call from my mother at 747 in the morning, the hour that she gave birth to me, reminding me of what she endured in the hours (laughs) leading up to my birth. Paul says, we are all in labor. All of us, each of us, male and female, young and old, widows and widowers, weak and strong, to live in this world as it is, while knowing what this world could be and should be, that's pain not headache pain or back pain or rheumatoidal pain, but labor pain, pain with a purpose, pain that goes somewhere. Hope is labor pain, Paul says. Hope is pain with a purpose. And if hope is labor pain, then my mother will be glad to tell you that hope is not for wimps. Hope is not something that weak people invent. Hope is something difficult that you endure because you know that today's difficulties are not God's ultimate reality. Matthew tells us today that Jesus told a parable about wheat and tares. Jesus knew a few things about agriculture, and this particular parable concerns wheat, which most of us humans rely on for sustenance, and tares, a particular kind of weed that looks like wheat and grows up with wheat and creates big problems for farmers because its roots wrap themselves around the roots of the wheat. And you can't pull this weed up and out without also pulling up the wheat. Do you understand? If you kill the weed, you also kill the crop. This parable of Jesus, our gospel reading from Matthew, is very ancient. But in modern times, we tell a very similar parable. We talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We wash the baby in a tub of water, and when the baby is clean, it's time to let the the dirty water go down the drain. It would be wrong and harmful to let the baby go down the drain and perish with the dirty water. Matthew tells us exactly that in our reading this morning. Jesus tells us exactly that, that if you weed the garden in such a way that you destroy the crop, then you fail to achieve your goal, which is the crop. Jesus is actually talking about people. In fact, he's probably talking about the church. He's probably suggesting that if someone starts to decide who rightly belongs in the church and who doesn't rightly belong in the church, in other words, who is wheat and who is weed, then that someone, 
or that committee or that process is premature in its judgment and will destroy the church. The church is grains of wheat gathered together to form bread. If you destroy the wheat, there is no bread. Yes, there are weeds in the garden, tares, but if you prematurely try to eliminate the bad plants, you'll kill the good plants. No wheat, no bread, no church. That's probably the narrowest interpretation of what Jesus had in mind. But for me, more broadly, this is about hope. Hope is moral responsibility. Hope is not for wimps. Hope is heroic. If you compare it to labor pains, as Paul does, it means that we endure the world as it is, awaiting the world as it can be and should be. Have you heard the accusation against Christianity that we are weak? Have you heard the accusation against Christianity that our religion is a religion of fairy tales and wishful thinking? But Christian hope is not for the weak. Christian hope is labor pain. The monsoon has hit my backyard. Has it hit yours? Everything that was nearly dead a month ago is blooming. The acotillos, one of my favorite desert plants, are green and happy again. But so is everything else, like buffalo grass, growing and creating a fire hazard for the dry season. God's world is messy. There is always a lot going on, not all of it good. Christian hope is labor pain, labor pain. There is a time to be active, and there is a time to be passive. There is, t- there is a time for courage to change the things that can be changed. But there is also a time to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. The lessons today speak of the latter. The serenity to accept the things that cannot be changed by us right now. Paul writes quite poignantly, For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. You can see it. It doesn't take a lot of heroic hope to hope for it. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience, Paul says. Hope is not fairy tales and wishful thinking. Hope is not for wimps. Hope is the moral responsibility that we bear if we intend to allow God's activity in our world to flourish. Amen.